We're ready. Okay, welcome to episode 10 of University and Everything in Between, take two. <laughs> we are going to be, uh, it's going to be a great episode this week. I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to be talking to a, a student from a top UK university, uh, King's College London. I kept making the mistake when I was talking to her and kept thinking it was Cambridge, and I'm sorry about that. Um, no, that's not me. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to be talking to her. She lives uh, and studies down in London, which is a whole you know, can of worms in itself. So I'm going to be finding out all about that, which is really exciting, um, as well as sort of the mental drain of living in London and studying in London. And also some fun bits along the way, playing some games, doing some fun stuff like we do on this podcast. You're well used to it by now. And we're going to be wrapping it up, hopefully talking about her future plans, what it's going to be like going into the business of economics and management and uh, Looking at it from a critical perspective of someone who's a uh, a woman, of course, um, and the challenges that come along with that, uh, as I found out, it is quite a sort of male-dominated field. Um, so I'll have a bit of a chat about that, but it's very exciting. Um, I'm joined to talk about all of this with the wonderful Mei Ying. She is a YouTuber, uh, inspires people, showcases her life on YouTube, uh, shows people what you're doing day-to-day. It's fascinating stuff. And obviously, of course, as I've already mentioned, you study at King's College and you work, live and live and work in London. Uh, so welcome yeah. to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you so much, Liam. It's an <laughs> honour to be here. I'm very, very honoured. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this chat. It's going to be good. You feel, you feel sufficiently hyped again. I've, I've, I've been yeah, doing I this. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, like just ticking off all the little boxes. Just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it. brilliant. It's brilliant to have you on. Um, usually at the start of these podcasts, I give people the opportunity to do a bit of a plug, like 30 seconds, just whatever you're doing, whatever you're getting up to, um, just tell people what you, what's going on in your life. So a little bit about me, I make weekly videos on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash Chow. I also post on Instagram, which is also instagram.com forward slash Chow. Um, I just post, yeah, daily content, a lot of my dog, a lot of food, a lot of uni life, um, yeah hope you check it out and let me know if you like it if not don't worry <laughs> but yeah yeah no people definitely should check it out it's uh it's really inspiring stuff and you know talking Thank to a you. lot of people um who are doing this youtube scene and stuff as you know like the roster that i've got on this podcast um and it's you know really Impressive. inspiring talking to all the different people doing different things and um i think it's inspiring talking to you hopefully about what you're good, what you're doing at uh king's college and your experiences of that and things that you've heard and seen from other people because I'm excited to I'm excited to find out more but I wanted to start this off by trying to find some commonalities between us because obviously I don't go to a big top UK <laughs> uni I mean it's it's uni of York so it's still Russell group but yeah I don't think it's at that level of uh of King's College and those in that in that umbrella um so don't, I mean don't put yourself down like that <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like King's just gets a lot of its reputation from the fact that it's in London. So yeah. being in like the capital of the UK and also being the financial district, studying economics and management in London is a bit mm. of a blessing. So there's, yeah, it, 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 it's, um, it's not a campus uni. No, it, that's it's different. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing that I found out on the research. But yeah, it's not a campus uni. So there are slight differences in that. But uh, you're originally yeah. from Brighton, aren't you? So you've kind of stayed in the, in the south of England to study. <laughs> uh, and I'm from Leeds. I'm from the north. And I've stayed sort of in the oh, north of the UK to study. I see. Um, yeah, home, like comfort. Yeah. 
you're, you're one of the few people that I've spoke to who, who has actually stayed in their respective like area of the country to study in. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is, like, I actually, when I was applying to university, I really wanted to go to Bath or to Exeter, but my dad's, um, my parents are basically like, no, it's too far away, you must be near a home. So I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, like, point, my sister also went to King's, so that yeah. was why you're like, okay, if, if she was safe there, you know what, I'll just follow and do what she did yeah that's why i'm here <laughs> following in like family footsteps it's uh i mean if i had an older brother who went to university i'd probably do the same <laughs> go to yeah, a similar it, it university was very, yeah easy it was like i just saw you know what it she she did a law degree she semi enjoyed it and you know like it was near home london is great because people are always coming past oh, and yeah. also from brighton to london it's like an hour-long train so it was perfect so yeah, yeah it's, and it's my all... dad no, no, my dad works opposite Bush House, which is the King's building. So every Friday we get to go for a dinner together, which is really nice. Of oh, course, like, not with COVID. But like, <laughs> it's so nice because I just like walk across the road and go, oh, hi, dad. And he's like, ready? And I'm like, yes, starving. <laughs> like, it's just so like, it, yeah, it's so, so good. It sounds like such like a power family. Like you're doing everything <laughs> together. You're like within walking distance of each other. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome. Um <laughs> As a bit of a side tangent, obviously this is something that you have talked about a lot and it's a slight traumatic thing that you've had to deal with in your life. It's when you injured your ACL, I believe it was. Oh, God. <laughs> and we, have, we have both, it turns out, gone through physiotherapy. <laughs> have you, did you tear your ACL as well? I didn't tear my ACL, but I, I had a, I had a um, what's it called, in between the two bones that connect in your knee, the, the, the thing. The ligament? Yeah. Or the tendon? Uh, I think it was the ligament, you know, like the the the, mis the muscle yeah, that's yeah, between yeah. two bones. I had uh, something wrong with that, and I had to do physiotherapy. So. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. no snap. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a rocky ride since then because um, I had like another accident in February, and so I'm going to see my CT. I'm going to have an MRI and a CT on Tuesday. So, yeah, whether whether my physio was successful, we will find <laughs> out. <laughs> But yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize. Yeah, imagine like. Was it? Uh... <laughs> imagine like you know. <laughs> yeah, we both injured ourselves. Woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, was yours through sports as well? Yeah, yeah. Because you've been sharing it on social media, people have been quite you know invested in in your in your like physical health journey. I bet, I bet so a lot of people nice. are excited to you know see it yeah, get resolved. Finally honestly because like I had my ACL surgery a year and a half ago just before I was going to go to Everest and then um so that was literally like no that must have been no it was a year and a half ago just before I started uni and then my physio was like oh yeah no you'll be fine just like um she, she told me I could go run a marathon so I was like okay I'll just do like a, a few small runs yeah. and then that's when the accident happened oh. um and so I've been posting I posted my x-rays and some of my MRIs on my Instagram and I was like oh let's see if any of the doctor people who follow me can tell me what's wrong and they all <laughs> got it right like it was so funny they're like this looks like a tibia fracture and I was like yeah it's like it was really cool <laughs> You're like jumping the queue to get to get your results back <laughs> just by posting yeah. it on Instagram. Oh, Honestly, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I love the classic physiotherapy exercises when it's like knee or, or relative, like you have to like stand on a box and do like little squats on your knee. The lift and the drops. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I remember I used to do that with Elvis on the background. I'd be like, dun, 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 dun. and like, I used to be like, what are you doing? I'm just I'm doing physio. Like, duh, I can't you've got, see. You've got to make yeah. it fun. These things are really boring. 
Yeah, they are. And you're doing it every single day, like at least, at least once a time, like, if not twice a day. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what's going on. That's what's happened in your life. Those are the commonalities that I've tried to, that I've tried to, and we'll, we'll find more as we talk, but some, yeah. of, some of the, some of the differences about our two experiences of, of education, you might say. Yeah. So like, you're obviously studying in the biggest city in the country, uh, the busiest city in the country. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a nationally famous uni, if not internationally. Um, I'd say you probably wouldn't find many people who wouldn't know what King's College London was. Um, how would you best describe King's as you've experienced it so far to someone who, who's never heard of it? So like you said, I definitely say busy. London is busy. So at first that was kind of what scared me because my sister was like, oh, you can just go to the theatre after school, after uni. Or like, you can just like hop on, on a train and go to an event. Like every single day, there's always something to do that's so random. Um, yeah. And it's all around you. And I was like, oh, that's kind of scary. But when, once I came to uni, I was like, actually, this is really nice. Like, it's true, you're never bored. I mean, I'm also a kind of person that likes to take my downtime by myself, so I'm a bit of like an introvert, but when I, whenever I wanna do something, you can always find something, which is nice. It is also a little bit expensive, but a little bit, no, it's very expensive. I don't know why I said that, it's very expensive. Um, compared, honestly, like my friend, she just went back up to Sheffield, she's like, oh yeah, I got a pint for 250. And I know like even in Brighton, it's expensive. London, my friends, whenever they go, like, we, they go out for drinks and they buy it, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's like seven pounds up to, like, if you go up to the Sky Gardens in London, which is beautiful, it was something, it was almost hitting the 10, 10 quid mark. I was like, there is no way. Like, yeah, bit of a rip off. I just got tap water. But um, yeah, the <laughs> other way I would describe it is also diverse. It's really diverse, which is quite nice. Like, right. There's, yeah, people from all over the world here, all different backgrounds. Like it's so nice, like in my class, the majority, I say the minority is people from England. So you've got people from Australia, America, Asia, Africa, literally it's mad, it's so nice, especially in business Jeez. as well, because it's such a global yeah. course. It's really good. It's funny you say that because the Uni of York is the exact opposite. It's probably, I think there was a poll, um, I think it's one of the top least diverse universities in the UK. No way. Yeah. I guess, I guess like it makes sense because I don't know, like people stay where they want to stay. I guess, and also with London being the capital, people would want to study in the capital, like especially if you're doing finance and business, you want to work in the finance district. So yeah, like, yeah, I, I, I can understand that. <laughs> I was shocked when I heard about it, to be honest. But as you say, like when you think about it, it is kind of understandable. But I don't want to, I don't want to slag it off too much. You know, it's a fantastic university. It um, is. There's lots of great lecturers. That's one thing that a lot of people say. Like a lot of the lecturers at York are really, really passionate about what they do, and um, which That's is, lovely. you know, not always what you find at universities. They can, you know, some lectures. It's like, oh God, get me out of here. Um, and also, I feel like once you have a good lecturer, it's. 50% of the grade, you know, yeah. like all you have to do is the other 50, like if the teacher wants you to succeed, is passionate about their subject, it just makes a huge difference that like you want to go to the class. Mm, it, it's absolutely. so frustrating. Yeah. So that's really good. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's positive. Um, and there's just like, from what I've, t from what I've found, there's just, there's just full of like really ambitious people, um, you know, doing loads of events and really like bringing together that community. So it's really exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, you know, sell it too much but it is it is a pretty cool uni 
So I want to talk about life in London a little bit before I talk about specifically King's College. Um, obviously, the location of a university when you're when you're looking for it is a big part of it. And you've mentioned it already about how you were a bit apprehensive about whether all those all the things going on would be enjoyable and and not just a bit overwhelming. Apart from apart from like you know, uh sort of like you know pushing yourself and trying something new was there any other reasons why you wanted to study at king's college or was it like a case of family ties or that sort of stuff yeah it's kind of like i said with poi ming my sister she went to king's it was also when i was looking at the rankings for economics and management um king's was up there because i did it was quite funny what you often find is that people at king's who do economics and management often applied for oxford who do economics and management so right, i'm yeah. pretty sure king's is the only other uni um that does economics and management apart from like oxford so often if you've applied for that it's because you're you're like then you have a backup <laughs> so it was so funny on the first day i met someone like oh did you do that and we're like yeah and like that was how we bonded it's just like yeah rejects woo you know like <laughs> so yeah no i mean that i i just knew that i kind of wanted to go into like banking and finance and so i looked at the league tables and i saw kings and i was like you know what point has been there it's safe uh, hopefully have a good time it's near home and just, yeah i mean the expenses was the biggest worry for me but um yeah. i'm also quite a frugal person so i know that it would freak me out more than the normal person um but i also knew that i can like manage my money um when i've learned to do that so <laughs> yeah that's good yeah i mean managing money is a key one that a lot of people stress out about um mm. is there anything that really surprised you about living in london um surprised me i would say Hmm, that's a good question. Probably how much, weirdly, I know it could sound a bit gross and cringe, ew, uh, but how much I enjoy it because I went in with very, very low expectations. So I was like, my sister, when she went, she studied law and she like, she enjoyed it in her third year. I'd say well, maybe it was a second year because we just got a dog and like she was just happy um, and she found yeah. ice skating in societies. But it was really rough. Like she found that it was like quite cutthroat in law, which it tends to be at most unis anyway, when you study law, just like, if you succeed, I can't, you know? So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. great. Um, and oh my God, my friend, her mum said, oh, don't worry. You know, like you're going to be depressed at one point. It's just when. And I was like, great. Okay. I might as <laughs> well just go in. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, thanks. That's what I want to hear on my results day. Um, and, but weirdly, I think because I had such a, like bottom rock bottom expectations it was just yeah it's been really nice like i think i've been quite lucky on my course as well economics management is a perfect mix between the economists who study really really hard and then the management people are kind of a bit more laid back like it is just perfect the people are very kind and yeah really funny really nice just yeah really enjoyed it <laughs> a bit weird to say but yeah no i really do like it awesome yeah, it's it's funny that you said that you had really low expectations. I feel like at that point it can only go up unless something like yeah. really terrible happens. Yeah, I mean, to there have been there are of course times where I just feel like homesickness is a bit normal. And what mm. really I found was that it was like in the second part of first year, first first term, I was like, oh, like I'm I'm free, I'm like loving life, I'm so busy with fresh and stuff like that. But it was second yeah. term after I just had Christmas and I remembered like home cooked food and I remembered like all of the lovely things like my dog oh, at home. Yeah. That that was like that's a bit hard, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, the, the, there are moments where it hits you like, you know, you kind of miss the home comforts a little bit. I had the same experience. 
it's like you want to just be able to go back to that comfort but um something that i was really interested to find out about which is a a worry that i feel like everyone goes through and it's when they're they're looking you know you've moved out of first year you're no longer in halls anymore for people who Mm. live in halls and you have to go out into the jobs market uh not the jobs market sorry the housing market (laughs) the jobs market that's next year don't don't (laughs) yeah that's third year that's after we graduate let's let's not talk about that just yet um what is it like in london trying to find a house or, or an apartment or a manic manic is the word it's so quick so i think i every single time that i went to go see a place i would put an offer in, like if i liked it i put an offer in i think we were rejected twice and almost a third time like luckily the third time right so the flat that I'm in now, I'm sorry if you just heard my dog. Yeah, so I just had gone to see the flat that I've moved into now. And I was like, the guy was yeah. like, right, you need to put down an offer. This has only just come out today, but this will be gone by the end of today if you don't put down an offer. So I was like, okay, you know what? Like, Also, the other problem was that I thought that they were overcharging because the flat right. would have been £430 per week for two people. Four hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah, so I was like, right, because there's two of us, so it would have been two hundred and fifty. And I was like, no, I want to pay two hundred pounds a week, but I'll do a two-year contract. Um, yeah. So I put in like this bargaining kind of negotiation thing. They're like, okay, we'll send that off. Then in come two other students who then offer to pay full price, and I was like, crap, like we lost it. And like this was such a perfect one. Like the one we were in is perfect, like perfect location, just everything's great. Anyway, um, and what happened was because I put in a two-year contract. They were like, it's less hassle, we'll just stick with them. And I was like, look, I don't drink, we're really tidy girls and we just don't have parties. Like, we'll make it so pretty, we'll put loads of plants in and keep it nice and tidy. And they were like, okay, we'll stick with you. And it was just, it was literally, I mean, it was horrible putting down, it was a, it was 2,000 pound deposit. So like, when I saw what? the 2,000, honestly, I was like, I can't believe that has just gone it was just horrific. And then I went and had celebrated with McDonald's, which was really nice. Uh, but honestly, I couldn't afford anything else. So, no. yeah. God, it was That bad. is mental. Yeah, yeah. Was, a £2,000 deposit. But it's okay. We're hopefully going to get it back. So... I hope so for you. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, no, we've kept up the flat really well. We are... We're pretty ideal tenants. Like, we're really nice and we're... I mean, we've had a few problems with... Um, we just got our kitchen redone because we had wood louse because the wood had been rotting for like six years according to the previous tenant standard yeah. honestly it's disgusting yeah um so i'm excited to go back and see the new kitchen but yeah stress well, it's stress i hope you get the deposit back <laughs> christ it's fine i'm not thinking about that yet it's fine yeah let's let's not think about that i won't i won't bring any bad memories up for you but yeah like Going, it's funny that you mentioned that you know you didn't have any money to spend on anything else, so you just went and bought a Mackie's. <laughs> is that something that is more than just um, like a one-off thing that you think about, like money, uh, like thinking about how to budget week day to day or week to week? Is that something that you take into consideration a lot more because you're in London? Yeah, I mean, I used to be like that anyway. Um, it was quite lucky in the first year I was actually in catered accommodation, so I uh, and it was it was like two hundred and fifteen pounds a week for my room for catering for cleaning and it was only on a 40 week contract rather than a 50 week so it was actually really there's no transport fees as well because in london if you're far out and you're paying the tube every day that's like five quid a day like you it racks up really quickly um yeah, it does. so 
I think I was really lucky first year, but also as an economics management student, I love budgeting. Like it's just like looking <laughs> at numbers just makes me happy. Like when I look at my, um, you know, like the banking apps have their tracking apps, so you can see how much we're spending. Yeah. They give me so much joy. Like okay, granted, you get sometimes like, you love it. <laughs> Sometimes when I see it's gone a little bit too crazy, I'm a bit like, right, it's okay, don't stress, just work on it, um, and just don't <laughs> spend any money for the rest of the week. But to be fair, like, I'm a very, my main expense is if it's not on bills and my accommodation, it will be on food. So I do like yeah. a 20 quid food, weekly food shop. Luckily, because where we live is right next to a Lidl and an Aldi, which you would not find anywhere else in London. Literally just by our flat. Like in the, like it's in the centre, isn't it? In between Camden and Euston. It's just such a blessing. And we've got a new Lidl that opened up in Tottenham Court Road. If anyone's in Tottenham Court Road, please go to that Lidl. It's the best Lidl I've ever been to. It's huge. <laughs> like, it's so efficient as well. They're all self-checkouts. You just go beep, beep, beep. There's so many of them. It's so big. It's so big. And yeah, so... Money-wise, like, I, I walk everywhere because I, it, well, uh, I mean, with my current knee situation, I'm not sure if I should be. I've, got, I've actually got a wheelchair. I make my friends wheel me around. So, um, I saw that. Loved, loved the videos <laughs> of that. <laughs> Honestly, it's so much fun. Like, I love it. You just, like, get to see things and enjoy life. But, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, the pain is, like, a little bit rubbish. But, um, and at least, yeah, I get to go out when they are, like, when they can be asked to push me. But, Around London, I just walk everywhere. I can get a bus. Bus I prefer because I think it's like 150 or something like that. Tubes are a right. bit more. But if you have your 16 to 25 rail card, you can get it off your tube. Not many people know this. And it really, I'm like, you've got that for your train tickets. Please use this for your oyster. You're, you could save so yeah. much money. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't, and I don't really shop. I don't shop for things ever, really. No, I love secondhand charity shop things. I, if I can get it for free, from like like the Harry Krishnas around my area, by the way. Um, if you're also in London, they give out free meals every day. Uh, every oh, month. that's sick. Yeah, they're really really. I can nice. imagine that'd be really useful. It is. I mean, I didn't do it as much first year because I was catered. And second year, I'm a little bit out of the way. But sometimes if I'm like, oh, I'm walking past, you know what? I might as well. Sometimes they have some really good, mm. like, um, like, protein balls. And they often do things like pasta and spaghetti and stuff like that. And, yeah, they give you hefty portions. And, yeah, it's really nice. So if you need a free meal, go find the Hare Krishnas. <laughs> right. Well, you started to get into talking a little bit about... Um some of the issues and, and things that you have to navigate and be aware of when living in London. So I thought we'd do a little game where we try and like get you as someone who's lived in London and knows London to sort of debunk some myths about, okay. you know, things that people assume when being told about what it might be like to live in London and uh, the, the, the truths as far as you know them, if, if you know what I mean. Cool. Um, yeah, no, definitely. So the first myth is London is a bit like a facade like you know what i mean like you can't connect to people everyone's too busy um it's hard it's hard yeah, to maintain social relationships <laughs> it feels like you're in a bit of like a movie what do you what what, what do you think i i definitely get that so because it is in a commuter commuter city a lot of the people will just be it's weird it's like you're a student but you're you feel like a minority because the most like the majority of the people around you are all in suits with their briefcases and they have their eyes set on just getting to work so if you walk slow you do not know london is not the place for you you must walk quick it's so good because i think it was within the first few months of moving to london my speed walking it, at the start my calves would just burn every single day from how fast you have to walk through, like the flow of traffic <laughs> but it was so good 
Like I got so quick and I loved it. Oh, um, you like built up like, muscle in your legs just from speed walking. <laughs> Literally, just from Love yeah. It. And yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was great. Um, I would say you don't often, you wouldn't really often get much conversation out of work people like if you're sitting on a tube you just kind of stay silent you don't really speak to many people um but student wise not at all like because so even though it's not a campus uni kings they've got all of their different buildings so you're hanging around with students basically all day when you're not out then when you like leave the building then you're like ah the big wide world this is scary um but then like you're back home later with all your friends eating dinner so uh, to be fair I get what you mean. Like it can seem like a movie because there are so many movie sets as well. Mm-hmm. It is a literal movie. So I was out at College Hall on my first year, and it is right opposite Senate House, and that is where they film so. They would co- there'd be constant movie trailers, like film trailers. You know, with the like people would live in the yeah, actresses, yeah, yeah. actors would live in the, f- and they'd be like opposite me. I'm like I'm neighbours to an actor and an actress. Like, it's mad. <laughs> I was um, going to ask you if you'd ever been in but... like a background shot of a, of a film. <laughs> No, no, sadly not. Like, because they always barricade it off anyway. So I think they were filming like I don't know, like Wonder Woman or something like um, a superhero film was being filmed, and it was really weird because it was March and they put up this Christmas tree, and I'd seen it the day before and be like, why are they putting it up so early? The next day it was because they were filming a Christmas scene for the film, and it made a lot more sense. Ah. I was like, wow, like, this place is really cool. Yeah. It's never it's Christmas in March. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. So yeah, sadly not. No, I haven't had my debut yet. But but it's on the bucket list. I've got another year. Yeah, it's on the bucket list yeah. for sure. Um, so in terms of that myth, maybe slightly true, but not a constant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not like you don't feel alone. You're not isolated. Which is I'm good. happy with that. So myth number two, um, you've, you've mentioned it a little bit already, but it's really expensive. London is too expensive for students to live in. You know, it's bank of mum and dad. It's selling a kidney on the black market. It's, you know, taking out a mortgage or something. I don't know. Is that... Just to pay for yeah. rent, yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of people... I say, I don't know if it's the majority, but a lot of my friends all have second... Like, like have jobs. They have a part-time job yeah. um, for another source of income. Um, so... Yeah, I'd say I'd say half of the students have a, like a part time job, and I would say it's maybe necessary. Like a lot of people can. What's annoying is that the student loan doesn't cover your often your rent entirely, just because it's London. You can ask for extra money, but it often doesn't cover your expenses and stuff like that. Um, it is yeah, it it is a little bit expensive, but what I just as long as you're aware of your budgeting, and I mean, I have to be, I have to be honest, I'm quite lucky in that I, when I go out drinking, right, I don't drink. So I just have tap water or I have like soft drinks, which saves me so much money. Yeah. And then when I go to a club, I won't go unless if I'm on a guest list. So it's like under £5 entry or free. <laughs> I prefer free club. <laughs> um, You're only about that VIP so, life. <laughs> honestly, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be like let in behind bag. Um, and what else is there? So other ways that I save money is just walking everywhere the boris bikes are good taxis are so expensive like when i had my injury i was having to take i would also recommend this uber can be expensive there's an app called bolt they often have 50 percent off on all of the rides so it's often half price for ubers so if you have to get an uber or a, a taxi in london mm. the black cabs are pretty expensive but bolt is more affordable 
Um, but I would say maybe half of the people there are pretty well off. So yeah, it, it, there is a big juxtaposition of like some people with really nice penthouses and then other people living in really tiny student squats. It's yeah. actually ridiculous the amount of money people can charge to make people live in these horrible rooms. But I think as long as you do your research, like with flat hunting and stuff like that, you just have to put in the time and you can find a good place for a good price. And never, please never do the full price. like. Just me. This is just me. But please, like, bargain. Always like, just bargain. do a little bit of negotiating. Yeah. yeah. Like, it, it, it just kills me a little bit. Like, even sorting out our bills this year. Like, <laughs> we've been with you for a whole year and we've been prime customers paying every month on time. And this is how. And then they're like, yeah, okay, well, we'll try and find you a better deal. You know, yeah. like, just like that kind of stuff. It's, you can definitely do it if you're just savvy with your money. So, it, it, I don't want, it shouldn't exclude people from, low income backgrounds also they have kings especially have loads of scholarships so my sister had two years free at uni um on her law if you are going into law there's a dixon poon scholarship also they're doing um a hardship fund so if your parents are over a certain amount of money but you have been put in some situations because of covid or something you can apply for this and get like a couple thousand if you need yeah. so there are lots of grants and schemes out there to help people who can't afford it which is really good You've covered you've covered quite a few different sort of London issues. Sorry, there. I just just chat. <laughs> <laughs> I just go on tangents and then I try to bring it back. So you've mentioned that there are many ways to get around London. Um, it's not just you know having to use tube all the time. Uh, the few times that mm -hmm. I go down to London, it's like that is a bit of an experience for me because I don't go there very often. It's fun. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's got to be tube. <laughs> yeah, it is fun and it's quick as well. Yeah. So. But you're an avid walker, so you walk around London as well, mostly. As Yeah. I, what was really one, actually, one thing I did forget. When I moved to London, one of the things I was most worried about was that it's too big. Like, I know it's busy. It's just too big. I was like, I, I can't, I've been living in Brighton for 20 years, and I don't know any street names. Like, I'm so bad. There's something wrong with my brain. I just can't remember street names. I need to be told, like, what shop is on there, and then I know what you're talking about. Yeah. In London, I think because I've been walking everywhere, it feels so much smaller now and I actually know where places are. And it's so mad because like, I was born in London. My mum's from London, my dad, my sister, they were all, they've all spent years in London. And so they would used to speak about, oh yeah, Leicester Square and Chancery Lane and all of these different things. And I'm like, mm, now I know. Because, <laughs> You're on like, it. It's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's, yeah so that, that's something. Um, but yeah, when it comes to transport, I personally wouldn't recommend, my friends used to ride Boris bikes uh, just around to get to places because they he one of my friends used to be a teacher in Hackney right so he'd have to have a long cycle yeah. um but it was so much cheaper and also it's good exercise but please wear a helmet like I also just wouldn't I wouldn't recommend myself because it's just so dangerous like you see these bikes like turning a corner and then the bus comes behind you like, like no you see it in slow-mo no. you're just like no yeah <laughs> no and like the only I love riding Boris bikes inside the park so inside Hyde Park is amazing so much fun I can imagine um, I've never ridden a Boris bike in my life really no. I mean right now with Covid maybe be like careful of handles and yeah. you know sanitised like wipes the whole I, thing I don't know if I would recommend <laughs> exactly um, but yeah so yeah so yeah walking is good bus is also good because i think if you um you can change bus as many times as you like within an hour and it won't charge i anymore. heard that yeah i heard that from a mate who lives in london as well and i was like i'm gonna make use of that but that's pretty cool yeah 
Yeah, really, really good. Another yeah. myth, another <laughs> myth that is seen as more of an international thing is that the UK is London. Do you know what I mean by that? That when people travel to the UK, it's mostly just to go to London and they never explore like the north or villages, areas. Have you traveled yeah. up north much and explored or has it more just been? I have never traveled up north. I, don't, I went to Wales, um, <laughs> which I really liked because that was when I was training for Everest. So I was like, oh, um, I need to maybe climb some mountains and just do a little bit of practice in the snow and stuff. And also I had a friend there, so it was really nice to go see her. But um i might be going up to leeds for a little job um oh, cool. in a month or so which would be cool but i've never been up north but you know what i would say i don't think that yes okay most people do come into london because of the that's where all the airports and stuff are but the majority of people i find when they come to the uk they will go to places like the cotswolds to oxford to bath you know where there's all the like hogwarts vibe yeah you the, know? The <laughs> harry <it's> potter like... <laughs> I love Harry exactly. Potter. Exactly. I can understand the reason why they'd go there. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But so I feel like some people do come to London, some people Yeah, I say the majority would, but it's not they wouldn't just stay in London. They feel like a lot of people do day trips. Like right, okay, one of the last one of the last myths that I was gonna uh throw your way was the fact that in London a lot of the food can be really bad. <laughs> but I mean, because a lot of international people come into London and um, they experience British cuisine and there are lots of different cultural foods in London, but the British cuisine specifically is seen as quite terrible. Um, I did a bit of research because whenever I go to London, I like to experiment and try different things and food and things like that. And <laughs> yeah, the different cultures. Um, but in terms of British food in London, there's a very famous pie shop called uh, Arment's Pie and Mash. I'm not sure if you've ever been there. Uh, it's 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 like a it's like a world famous like pie shop. It's like where the pie sh was invented or something. I don't know. Probably not, but they do a really good pie. Um, and it's like a really famous like working man's lunch in London to go and eat a, a lunch at this pie shop, and you get pie and mash, and it's like classic. But a part of the meal that they do is something called jellied eel, <laughs> which is literal pieces of eel chopped up and then like suspended in jelly. And it looks disgusting, but it's like, yeah, jelly, jelly like, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like jelly, but just doesn't taste of anything. And it's just clear and, and, Got it. and it's just, Got it. right. and there's Lovely. eel in it. Um, is that is that really English cuisine? I, I, I wouldn't be surprised putting eel in jelly. Like that doesn't sound like a very. <laughs> oh God. I don't know. Like, it just doesn't sound very nice. Um, so, but maybe maybe I've never tried it, so I can't say anything. But um, what yeah. would you say about the sort of food options in London, um, in terms of whether it's awful or whether it's great? Like you said, London is really cultural. So I I, I don't know. I know. So in first year, I was saying that my accommodation was catered and a lot of my friends were French. Oh, wow. And I feel like French people have yes. very high standards for certain things, especially bread. Breads um, and like pastries of any kind. So we used to have soup and there'd always be this free loaf of bread or for breakfast they would have Quasper. croissants yeah. and things like that. <laughs> but for these French for these French people, they were like, what is this? Not a croissant. <laughs> like, they were like, there's no butter in here. They were just like ripping it apart. Like, you know, it's Getting so angry dry. And bread. I was like, yeah. It was so, like fair enough. I, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't great, but like 
also because it was catered, I felt like it was some form of free food. So I just yeah. eat it anyway. But like, it was really funny. They'd be like, no, we are going to go and get our French stuff from Paul or something like that. And like, fair enough. Like, when you come from such a high stand, I feel like it was really kind of crushed. You've got to lower to yourselves to, like, to the UK food standard. Fake croissants. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Like, yeah, but. What is nice is that there are loads of restaurants and things like that, and they don't all have to be really expensive either. There's a really nice Greek place around the corner from our campus that I like. Um, English food-wise, what is it? Oh, fish and chips. The classic, yeah, I love a bit of fish and chips. But that's also because I'm um, from Brighton as yeah. well, so we have that a lot here. <laughs> um, so what else? To be fair, I don't really... I'm not the best because I... Again, to stick within my budget, I buy my weekly food and I might go out maybe once or twice a mm. week max. Um, and I go out with my dad, of course, for dinner and then he can pick a nice place. And then I just, but it, it doesn't, it's not often English. Sometimes, sometimes it is. And like my dad loves a good pie. Like who doesn't love that? It is like pie, mash, gravy, that kind of thing. Bangs yeah. of mash, just with like a little bit of herb, <laughs> you know, sprinkled it on classy. top. It's very nice. But like, exactly. Um, I wouldn't say the food is, I feel just because there's so much variety, I would almost say that, like, there's the whole Chinatown. Like, yeah. it's brilliant. Like, there's so much. There's, like, um, the dim sum and stuff. I I would say it's actually pretty good. Pretty good. But that's go. because maybe because I don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's so much, there's so much choice. So well, thank you very much for debunking London. We've got, you covered loads of stuff there. I mean, travel, <laughs> money, food, you know social life all that stuff um so let's talk about let's talk about mental health and your university that was the big topic that i was going to talk to you about um in research for this yeah. and when we were talking um i watched a great ted talk from a guy called alex chang about the university experience at harvard and he basically does like a full expose about his experience at harvard and wow. you know what what isn't often talked about in the media and it's things like you know it, it's 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 a variety of things and it surprises you when you hear about it um but it's like expectations from parents it's like the sort of yeah the expectations from the university because they're such a high caliber university that they expect a lot from you just because you've got in doesn't mean you get a free ride yeah. um to like top grades um you know there's also the like feeling of being part of a tradition and, and, and you know how that can be quite overwhelming for people um, because of a university that's been around mm -hmm. for so long, especially people like, like universities yeah. like Oxford and Cambridge, which have some of the maddest traditions that I've ever heard. And I'm going to be speaking to people from those universities and getting them to explain just what the hell is going on. Um, <laughs> and then also just like if you do struggle at these universities in terms of like the academia or social life and stuff like that, you can get sort of forgotten about and left a little bit um, and, and, and not really picked up on as much. Um, have you ever experienced that so far at your, your, your time at King's or known anyone from maybe Oxford or Cambridge who's had a similar experience to, to perhaps? Definitely. Um, I feel like it was actually quite refreshing in a way. It was almost like solidarity when I went to King's because I remember at school my friends didn't really understand so i'm half asian right so half chinese half english and so the the chinese family is very much like a star a star a star like just be as clever and like be a doctor be a lawyer um and like my friends at school were all didn't really understand it they're all white they didn't get it um 
And when I came to uni, because the uni is so diverse, everyone was like, yeah, no, I completely understand that we have to work really hard and we have to get as good as our older siblings. And it was so, it was actually quite nice. It felt like the struggle was almost like validated, like it hadn't been before. Like, I can't believe I was feeling that stress, right. and now I understood. Yeah. Um, and I think Kings does know that. They also offer a lot of, so something that I took up this year was they offer free therapy which is really, really, at the moment, it's um, online. So you get five sessions. So you have your free introduction session. Yeah. And then you get five sessions, depending on what you need. Um, and basically any King student, whoever, like what, no matter what your problem is, you basically just have to fill in the form. Granted, it, it took quite a while to go through. I think it took a couple of months, maybe three months before I had my session. Um, mm. But of course, like COVID was going on. That's like the start of COVID. So I understand like it was a bit slow, but... They they do understand that a lot of the students there not only have a lot of pressure on them from their parents, but also like a lot of international students as well. There's so much riding on it because they're paying so much more money as well. It's like 27 grand. So it's like you've got to make the most of it. And there are so many. Yeah. And like I have friends as well who are at Oxford. So um, one of them this year, she took a year out and went to Leiden. Leiden University because it was like a, an affiliated law school and I'd honestly I've never seen her so happy <laughs> because it not only was the sun shining but it was just like she's like yeah the stress level was just completely different they're not cramming everything into such small terms I think it's like what 10 or 8 weeks it's just mad the amount of work they have to do with the essays and stuff um, but yeah at King's it is it is pretty hard at times but um because you've got so many students and friends around you who are going through the same thing, it, it makes it a lot easier, which is really nice. So, <laughs> what's what's the atmosphere like at some of these universities? Oh my! Well, I did a I it was during my gap year, I think, when I went to go visit my friend at Oxford, and I did a little vlog about it because I was going to visit all of my friends and I wanted to compare them and do stuff like that. And yeah. I remember, granted, it was exam season, so there was a lot of it was just like you know when you can just smell like sweat or just stress in the air like at the, the end air, of the yeah. day i actually had a headache it was a bit weird Jeez. like i was like yeah you know it's just like it just felt like there's a lot of pressure i don't know mm. why like you just entered the library and you'd be like right silence don't you just just work and it was just hard it was just <laughs> i wasn't even there as a student i was there just like visiting my friend but you can still feel it's just like the way that people like look just like with mm. stress they just look at you and like, we're stressed, don't talk to me. Just like, you know, yeah. so that, and it was really funny because when I went to go visit my other friends at other unis, like Canterbury, Kent, and like, it was just a lot more laid back. It was, you can, yeah, it was like, it of course depends because yeah, on what you want, like the social life or, I mean, that being said, my friend at Oxford, she had a great social life. She worked so hard, but you kind of got to balance it out by also then like going out really hard and just like forgetting <laughs> about all the stress, you know. So putting it all in the know. back of your mind. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, just trying to forget. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it like mental health at uni is such a there's so it's multifaceted there's so many yeah, things yeah. that are going on because each student of course is different. Every university is do is different. They've all got different surfaces that are available um i think some definitely do it better than others but kings does it pretty well i'd say um they have lots of things so they even came out with um they mentioned to us on a talk about i think it's called the white wall which is basically yeah we have one of those we have one of those our uni yeah 
yeah and like so there are also a lot of like support buddies and mentors and stuff so because I'm going to go my third into my third year I'm going to be a mentor and a group lead for freshers so hopefully helping them settle in so there's always like a kind of like a buddy system which I know they've also got at Oxford I've got like the weird family trees and stuff um Ox- but- we, we, we gathered that Oxford is a bit of a mental place <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I mean I was, the thing is, I was speaking to my my friend from Oxford about this, and she was saying that actually Cambridge is apparently more hardcore with the work. Oh wow! I didn't know that. It's like it's yeah. like they're competing. It's like they're competing <laughs> with each other. It's like who can Maybe. be more ridiculous? <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, uh, it's also really important, and I'm very very glad that you're like destigmatizing it. So thanks. <laughs> oh well, I mean, I'm just trying to speak to people who. Uh, going through this because I'm not a spokesperson for every different sort of struggle and you know experience at university so I want to speak to as many different people as I can and I mean I find it really fascinating um, that people from sort of minority backgrounds and like Asian families and things like that still have that massive like parental pressure to 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 go into like yeah. you know doctorates and law degrees and things like that and achieve huge results and then you and then you see online that you know depression rates and students are going up and um you know people choosing not to go to oxford and cambridge and 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 or people who do just struggling and you know you you hear about horrible stories and it's like you don't want to be that person and you and you don't want to and you don't want to end up in that situation because it's uh it's it's a nasty place to be in i can imagine um yeah and, and whilst you can joke about it and and have a bit of a laugh about oh oxford and cambridge it's so wacky it's like and and i will be doing that with um <laughs> people in the f- future episodes from oxford um but at the same time like there are serious issues that aren't tackled um at these universities and you know students not getting the attention and, and the right help and resources that they need um yeah and just in my opinion just a ridiculous amount of pressure that to achieve um against you know all reason and odds and and, and i find it's quite shocking something that helped me was um a friend told me because when i went to university i was used to getting like you, when you get a grade it's 100 percent. it's like out of 100 percent. when mm. you go to uni think of that out of 70 percent. and like my, my friend told me this i was like yeah i kind of understand it now like if not many people do get first like they have to fill that bell curve you know so a lot of people are going to get two ones and things like that so it's okay if you do don't put yourself down for it and also know that if you get 70 that's incredible so well done um and it's just like little things like that when my friend told me that, I was like oh yeah that makes so much sense why you're just like really like happy you're like just like you know like yeah, yeah. so just little things like changing your mindset on how things are graded and just know that often it's a case of like oh yeah you're what do they call like a little little fish in the big pond but you used to be a big fish in the little like that kind of like it's a bit of a juxtaposition but it's actually really important that you kind of push yourself out of your boundaries and you meet new people and you learn it's just all an experience university at the end of it Mm. and just try and make the most out of it and don't put too much pressure on the end result of course like that is what's going to be written on your cv but yeah like if they're four three four five years that you're never going to get back just try and um yeah have a good time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah absolutely i second that did uh 
did your sister tell you anything in advance of you turning up to to king's college to be aware of or or like wow. you know did she give you any advice well there is some advice that i would give people N not just kings anywhere in london please do not get your phone out late at night like on your phone it's so dangerous the I, the the most the scariest thing i've ever seen was um you know i don't know if you get this up north but the people that come on motorbikes and just like take your phone and then run off uh, i'm not sure to be honest I'm confused no, about what your what what this story is like. What I, I I'm I'm this innocent northerner who's who's, <laughs> who's not heard of this. So late at night, if people are on their phones and they're walking alone, even if they've got headphones in, basically people come along on motorbike and they just take it from your hand and then they just zoom off on their motorbike. And I remember the the first time I saw this happen, I was it was the person was literally like right next to me and i was just about to get out my phone and what was horrible is they like ran off with his phone he was like he ran after them almost got hit by a car and then he was yeah. like please can someone call the police like you can't do anything like you don't have your phone like he was just in hysteria and it was actually it was really horrific to watch and the amount of people especially students that it happens to because or they tend to go around like where students live because they're like oh yeah they'll just be on their phones like not paying attention that was quite scary. and like i'm also a person that's very um like one of my biggest fears is like burglaries and the dark i don't like it and london is known to not always be safe and when someone asked me this i was like you just have to be a little bit wary but you know what it's not a bad thing because um it's a good skill to basically be present so, yeah, yeah, live in the moment. Live in the moment yeah. and not get robbed. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds yeah, like yeah. a good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's my top tip. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'd heard of rumours of like it being a bit more uh, having to be a bit more diligent. I mean, you'd assume so anyway, being it's such a yeah. huge city um, filled with so many different people, and like there are going to be people who will try and exploit students. Um, yeah, that is unfortunately just just the case of the world, but. Yeah, I think if people take your advice and just be a bit, you know, aware and diligent and um, not take unnecessary risk. But I mean, even even I was like, from my perspective, you wouldn't think that just being on your phone while walking down the street is taking an unnecessary risk. Like, yeah, I guess it's because it's late at night. I don't really know. It was just really horrible to watch. I felt so bad for the guy. He was like, it was when the car almost ran him over from the other side. I was like, God, this is not going good. No. Was, yeah. Uh, I mean, as well as that, another thing that I would say to people who like a, is to make the most of living in London, because all I'm going to say is once you're not a student, it is very, very expensive to live there because you've got to pay your council tax and stuff, which you don't have to pay as a student. You don't have student, student fees. You don't have catered accommodation. Like there's so many bonuses you get being a student in London. So make the most of it, especially with student deals and theatre tickets and stuff like that, um, because I mean, it's a luxury to live in London once you finish studying there. If you're working in a nice, high-paid job, then yes, brilliant. But the majority of people do have to like move out after they've studied there. So try and make the most of it while you can. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because you're studying at such a, a stressful uni, and there's lots of those unis in that area that are very stressful and intense. You've got to have things that you're doing aside from your degree that help you relax and de-stress. Exactly. So that's yeah. what we all need. Definitely. Now, some of the things that I was researching with you in particular, um, you're very passionate about choir and singing and you're passionate yeah. about sustainability. You're also passionate about being a YouTuber and exploring creativity <laughs> that way. 
Yeah. And you're passionate about like music in general as well, more genuinely. I mean, a lot of people are passionate about music. It's a great, yeah. it's a great, like, it's a great release. It's a great vice. Um, why does the choir, why is the choir so important to you? Why is being a part of a choir at King's so? So first off, King's is, the, if you are into music at all, King's is the place to do choir because they have the most beautiful chapel. So we do concerts at Christmas time. The Christmas concert is so beautiful because yeah, the chapel is gorgeous and it's like yeah cool ceiling beautiful decor and it's just so festive it's lovely and then we also have another concert at easter but the reason why choir is great so when i was younger i used to do a lot of singing just by myself um yeah. and i would do competitions and things like this but i'd be so nervous like i could just feel my whole body shaking and it's like too much vibrato okay you just need to stop shaking <laughs> too much fun. vibrato you start physically shaking for <laughs> <laughs> me like i was just like i was just so nervous but then what I remember was when I, the first time I sang with a choir, I was like, I didn't feel nervous. I was like, I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm literally singing, but I, I just felt like I had people. So then I use that mentality a little bit. So whenever I do sing now alone, I pretend that I've got a choir with me and that like I can hear them at the same time. Oh, wow. um, also, it is really, it's such a good release. Like, so I was treasurer of the society this year. My favourite role was because I used to get everybody biscuits. So we have break time halfway through. <laughs> now we're in and I loved that. And I'm like, biscuit time! And everyone gets like, their favourite biscuits or their sweets and stuff, which was really good. It's also, for me, it's such a juxtaposition from my business course to choir. Like the people, yeah. there is no crossover between the people. Like, it's just so nice. It gets very laid back and it's really creative. And yeah, it's very... Like it's just, it was just a society that I happened to really click with. Um, but yeah, no, and also what I'd always know, a week when I didn't sing, I always felt lower, if that makes sense. Like I'd always be like a little bit more lethargic. And I, just, and I didn't know why at the start, but then I realised it's just doing something together with other people and hearing harmonies. I don't know if you like ever sound quiet, but when you hear yourself singing, like, huh, right, okay, meh. When you hear it with like the altos, sopranos, tenors, basses, it's like, wow. Like it sounds so cool. <laughs> it's like this is like, amazing. Groups out, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's so cool. No, you're painting a picture. I love it. It's so visceral <laughs> and and uh, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? Just just getting something that you love that's a bit different from your degree. Um, yeah, one of the things true. about you that's probably the most like different and unique because it's something that's very hard to do and be successful at is uh, YouTube and appealing <laughs> to an audience. Um, you know, it's, it can almost become like a second job in some in some cases because um, it takes up so much time. But how do you how do you balance it with the uni life and not, you know, focusing on it too much or not socializing because of it? I know that and my subscribers this as well. When it comes to exam period, I'm a little bit more bye see you in a week like I just I'm very I think that's also like the Asian in me my dad being like no grace first like once you've done that you can enjoy it and make as many videos as you want but yeah yeah um I've always always done it I've been doing YouTube for like the past six seven years a long time very very long time so it was just kind of like second nature to just film things a little bit and just kind of the people that I also have that watch me and comment and stuff like that, I couldn't not make a video just because they're so nice. Like it's just like an interaction. Like if I don't get that, it's it's it, it always like lifts my spirits a little bit. Whenever you put, yeah. you know, you probably know like whenever you release a podcast, like it's just like a little buzz and it's like people have received it and it said that they helped them or whatever. It, that is just you can't put a price on that. Like it's worth so much of your time. But um, 
yeah yeah i mean to be fair so when i was doing my gcse's i was doing gcse's i was making videos doing instagram stuff like that i also had a part-time job i was doing choir five times a week i was also doing hockey and like it was just mad like i just wasn't sleeping but you're just making me feel lazy here (laughs) no 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 (laughs) (laughs) but it was just that like from a young age i've had i just had to learn about time management really yeah and so it's just kind of picking that up and just yeah just getting better with my time management and making sure oh my god you should see my google calendar it is so beautiful oh you I strike love, me I, as a person who has a, a rather good google calendar layout <laughs> what a lovely compliment yeah, so, <laughs> yeah right, the I'm oddest compliment you've probably ever received <laughs> Look how organised that is. I love it how your phone is genuinely having to load each page because you've got (laughs) so much on there. (laughs) Like, it's just like, oh, I can't even explain. Just having things, also having, I used to use this trick, having more things to do makes me do more things. I don't know, like I procrastinate less when I have more, you know? Because like, oh, I know I've got my job starting at 6pm tonight. I'm going to be there for three hours. When I come back, I'm going to be tired. I've got to do my work now before I get yeah you, your productivity compounds upon itself you, you know you're doing something and then it encourages you to finish that other thing as well i completely i completely i completely get that um have you ever been through youtube have you ever been recognized at university and does it happen very often and and, and how are you with that like because everyone deals with it, it differently <laughs> Honestly, I often go for coffees with my subscribers and things like that because they'll message me back, oh, I was around campus today and I saw you, but I, like, don't want to say, I'm like, oh, don't worry. Like, I'm very, very relaxed, very chilled. And, like, there's so many cafe near us. There's, like, four around our campus. So, like, yeah, just, like, just around our building. Um, So I always meet, and you know what? They are some of the most lovely people. They are so, you know, when you just meet genuinely kind people that I just, lovely it's really weird like yeah, i've never I've, had a bad I've, experience i've met a few i've met a few genuinely kind <laughs> people you know every so you know, often yeah. the diamond yeah. doesn't <laughs> um and so first year at uni it was like a little bit it was more just because i was in london it wouldn't be at uni it would just be like walking around london but second year because i was i'd been making uni videos for a whole year by that point mm my video was shown in the business induction so all of the business students that had come in then oh, wow. <laughs> because they played you my just videos like, okay <laughs> <laughs> and but it was all, like it was so nice they're like oh through your videos that like, you inspired me to like work hard and get my grades and i was like god that is the dream isn't it you've inspired a whole like generation of uh, of people going no, to university not that, but, yeah, <laughs> not that many but like just to hear it from one person it just makes my day like it's just so it's very it's just really nice it's yeah it, and yeah so yeah Last so these people a bit more frequent so these people are your idols um they they idolize you is what i mean and they go up to you and they express how much they appreciate what you've done and, and how you've impacted their choice to go to university who would you say are your youtube idols that, that have impacted you in 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 your creativity or how you act or what you choose to do who are, you, who are your idols well first off I, I, I don't think these students do idolize me i just think oh yeah she's gone to the uni now i want to go to so let's just <laughs> manifest it or something like that but who did i look up to at the I'm also very aware that with idols, like, I know that this is a lighthearted question, but that I don't want to, like, compare myself to someone because we, we go down diff- very different paths. Yeah. But some of my my favourite people that I watch, I used to, I went through a phase, I was, like, 
six months to one year where I loved Elle Mill videos. I, I just go through the most random phases. Like I went through, who didn't go through the Casey Neistat phase? Um, like when it comes to like, I, I started off more on like lifestyle and like beauty kind of videos. And I used to, I used to watch everybody. I, there wasn't anyone in particular what I wish I had more representation of was more like Asian people in Gen I'm. She is one Asian YouTuber that I watched because she was Asian and she was really cool and did loads of things. But there, yeah. at, like when I first started, there weren't many. And so it was a bit weird. Like I wish I had more, like someone else that I like felt that like I could relate to a little bit more. But um, now there are definitely a few more kind of Asian creators on the rise. But um, oh, that's not a good answer. Okay, let me think of a good idol. Who is good idol in? Oh, but I'm also I'm not very good at names, so this is not good. Um... It's like it's like your mind's gone blank. Just names, faces gone. <laughs> no, uh, who who do I think is cool? Well, well, this is the thing because it's definitely changed. Because when I first started um, studying economics management, I used to say, "Oh, I love Jeff Bezos and I love Richard Branson because I read those books." But now I'm a little bit more like now I understand how much money and value they have and also how maybe yeah. they aren't using it in the best way. And now I'm a bit like, oh, I, I don't think they are my idols anymore. But no, I don't think they should be your idols anymore. To be honest, <laughs> they, they 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 have a lot of money. It's obscene how much money they have, and it, and, it? and and you know they they oh, they just. I could I could I could go on a tangent all day but I mean you mentioned about like climate change and um you know how it might not be habitable so you obviously are quite you know um you advocate for sustainability as well but I couldn't help but notice that you haven't gone vegetarian I don't believe you you, you haven't gone vegetarian would you say that that's the next step for you personally in your journey or are you not or is that not what you're really considering very very good question yeah um so there are two things to do with this so first off i would say being in brighton brighton is like the vegan city everywhere you go is just vegan shop so when i'm at home i very rarely actually do eat meat it's just like flatable chickpeas just like it's just <laughs> it's very it's just vegan food here like i didn't realize a lot of the time like i was just on a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet even um mm. sometimes like a vegetarian with a little bit of smoked salmon you know but when it comes to becoming vegetarian I, it's also very much a cultural thing as well so when i go to see my chinese grandma she puts on it's like a, so she puts on these kind of like i call them banquets because there's, there's just like loads of sharing plates and things like that of different types of meats and fishes and things like that and it's kind yeah. of to her, what it used to be is like a symbol of I can afford this. Like, you know, I'm trying to make my family like this is trying to make my family proud of that. This is what you, you eat. And if I went to her, her yearly or bi-yearly party, you know, her food offering and I was like, oh, I can't eat that because I'm like, I would just feel very like slightly disrespectful. There are also loads of great vegetable Asian dishes, but it's it's like a cultural kind of a cultural thing if that makes sense i don't know if i can explain I that, but um my flatmate is also vegetarian so at uni I, we very rarely ate meat i think i had bacon once <laughs> which is quite a big change for me like i yeah like yeah. I, I i i completely understand there are loads of things so like even with when i was growing up i only had soya milk i didn't have cow's milk um because of like allergies and stuff like that and i've stuck with that and i've I, my new favorite is actually oat milk but um there are loads of other things like with sustainability it's not 
the thing I'm really passionate about is ESG, which is environmental social governance. So that's not just to do with the environment, although that is like the most important thing that we must protect before we go on to the social being that you must pay everybody fairly and like things like Boohoo, just a big no, you know, and then the mm -hmm. governance is like, what is the financial institutions and what the government's doing to make sure that this is legal and that there are requirements. When it comes to environments, like, so like, you know, I was saying I don't shop, I don't really buy things. Like when it comes to yeah. fashion, this is like, six years old it's very bobbly but you know what i i maybe when i start a job i will i did i did the only thing i bought this year is two suits off depop um because i was like you know what i'm gonna be like a fancy lady next year i'm gonna need some like suit clothes but but depop is a great place for students uh to is. like get cheap clothes secondhand you know you're sharing clothes yeah, it's more sustainable. Like, it's like saving money, saving the environment is really, really good. And it's also giving, also another thing is like with a charity shop and there's also another app called Thrifted that's just come out that's very similar to Depop. I oh, think cool. it's just trying to like have a look, a little bit of a competitor to make sure that they're not a monopoly. But um... <laughs> yeah, just make sure they're not a monopoly. That's <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like, I'm I'm definitely not the pinnacle of like someone being sustainable, of course, because I do eat meat from time to time. And yeah. there are so many things like I I I have single use plastics at time to time. Like I try not to, of course, but um, I have reusable knives and forks and things. But um, what's a good example? It's just more like it's just being more conscious. I think being more of like a conscious consumer rather than being like back in the day on my old YouTube videos, I used to do loads of hauls and I used to do things like, Oh yeah, look at this because I love bargains. Right. Oh my God. Look at this free <laughs> t-shirt. Like what a bargain. I need more. What a bargain. Like, Here we are. Here's a YouTube <laughs> haul. Check it out. <laughs> exactly. Like that was what a lot of my content used to be. And I realized only recently, the reason I stopped those is because three pounds is not enough to pay for people's wages for the material for their time for the creation for the shipping for everything like no yeah so that's it's just like little changes and just being more conscious like i'm definitely not the pinnacle of sustainability but i just like to do my part that's all yeah no that's respectable <laughs> is it easy or more challenging trying to be sustainable in london is there more option and variety because it's such like a a big city or is it yeah i'd say it's probably easy also i should note that it is almost like a privilege as well to be able to kind of shop more sustainably because a lot of the time things like that are more expensive so, yeah, I know. yeah you know um but especially in london as well a lot of the whenever you they have these shops and like kind of organic very expensive but also because it's got better ethics behind it but the like um refillable stuff where you can refill your lentils and your beans and your cereals so you like just use your old jars and stuff they're quite expensive but um i love shopping in aldi and lidl because they do no plastic on their fruit and veg and a lot of their fruit and veg and morrison's as well so just like, yeah even though sometimes you have to pay 20p more for no plastic which doesn't make any sense it for me 20p is fine uh, i'll pay that <laughs> i'd pay that too i'd second that we need to go no plastic yeah i mean yeah, i've stopped eating i've stopped eating um i've like stopped eating bacon choosing not to eat bacon anymore um Good, yeah, no, I've that, like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just fishing for like a, 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 a confirmation of like, yeah, I know, um, but I'm, you know, it's, it's about making small steps, is you know, and deciding to not eat bacon anymore seems like a good little small step. Um, 
I tried some vegan biscuits recently and they were absolutely amazing. Loved it. And then I got oh, absolutely really? ripped apart by a mate who was like, I can't believe you've, <laughs> I can't believe you're yeah. so surprised <laughs> that vegan food tastes nice. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm there trying. There is a stigma. Yeah, there is yeah. a stigma that it doesn't. Um, I remember when I was younger, because I was like, I was really young. Um, because of my dietary requirements, I couldn't have gluten, sugar, dairy. I used to basically live off rice cakes and soy milk. And soy milk at the time, I remember being like, Mm, this is really gross but it just became like normal to me but also now I've realized that soy milk is definitely better like they've there are just so many more alternatives that have been just made better it's not yeah. like how it was 20 years ago when they had no research in it and it's just small little shops just doing it which is also great but it was just the taste the taste like I don't know why people don't think it sometimes some things are a little bit dodgy but you know what like you just saved you just saved a lot of co2 there is also um something that i started doing over 108 days ago was planting trees on a free app where you can just plant a tree a free a tree for free every day a tree um, for free every called, day Bit of a yeah and so like it's really cool because they show you your co2 offset and stuff like that and it's called tree app and it's free i just it's just like little things it's just so cool like if i can do that that takes what 30 seconds of my day and i've just planted yeah. a tree <laughs> it's, it's very <laughs> not cool. everyone can you say know? that yeah i love your energy about it i love it <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to move on. I'm going to try and play this game now. I have no idea if it's going to work, so bear with me. It might be completely rubbish. <laughs> so okay, we'll, I've got no we'll expectations. Yeah, just, just set those expectations way low. Um, so I thought about trying this game where I was going to throw you some hypothetical uni situations, right? right. And I'm going to see... And you're going to tell me how you would handle that situation and what you would choose to do in the event that that happens. There's some fun ones. There's some, you know, like more academic ones, some serious ones. We'll see how it works. If, you know, let's get, let's get to it, right? So I'll throw you out a hypothetical scenario. And you just off the bat, you don't have to think too hard about it, but just off the bat, just tell me what you would choose to do, right? <laughs> I wrote these quite a while ago, so I apologize if they've aged badly. <laughs> Okay, Not okay so you've just left the club on a night out and I did full research into this one. You've just left the club on the night out and you've got to make that key decision that everyone makes after a night out. Up north, it's cheesy chips and gravy. That's pretty much the standard staple of food outside. But it's also sometimes McDonald's. So you have that option. You're in London. You've just left the club. Where are you going to eat? Is it a kebab shop is it Mackey's or is it somewhere else they do have a lot of kebab shops in Camden but I myself have never gone for that I would go for chips as well you know often because I don't even drink but if my friends are going to get snacks and I've got to get one too and also <laughs> exactly. I've just done a lot of dancing so I deserve it um it would most likely more often than not there's also McDonald's right outside heaven so that's often where we go before, like, while we're waiting for the taxi or like, the cab home um yes mcdonald's and my favorite is the chicken nugget and chips like if i can get a kid's meal that's fine because you get a toy um with an apple <laughs> pie but i know that the 20 bucks nugget is better value so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i mean food after a night out is essential right next one everyone's at uni everyone's independent now the thing that happens it's a big event that takes place for everyone every year it's your birthday right and now a big fun thing about being at uni is you get to 
do surprise birthdays, you get to plan them, stuff like that. Right, you've been, you, right, you, you have been challenged with the task of finding food for this person's birthday party, right? They love chicken. Okay, this is a hypothetical okay. person. Which chicken okay. shop and where are you going to get food in London? Okay, it depends on the friends, right? So one of my friends works at Nando's. So I'd be inclined to be like, let's get you a box of Nando's or something like that kind of chicken. But we also have um, chicken cottage. But the thing is, I'd know what their favourite is. So if they really love KFC chicken, then I get them their KFC popcorn chicken. That's my favourite. I've only actually ever had popcorn chicken, but I really liked their KFC. Um, so it, it would depend on the person and it would depend on what kind of party that we're having. Because what if it was a nice meal out, then we would go to Nando's, that would be nice. But if it was like, surprise, here, have some chicken, it would most likely be like KFC, KFC or I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure which you know party I mean? where you're like surprising people with chicken. <laughs> like, please, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I, I'd agree, if you're going out somewhere, it's got to be Nando's. Um, I don't know chicken that well in in London, but I mean I've heard there's lots of great, you know, great chicken shops everywhere. But yeah, um, next one, you are deep into the research for an essay or a project that you're doing, and you need a book for reading for research, but it's not available in the library because it's been taken out and there's nothing available, and you have to pay for it online. But a lot of students don't want to have to buy the book just for one option you know just for one time so what are you going to do there is a solution but i'm wondering if you you'll 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 think of it what are you doing i would ask my sister because my sister knows how to crack the internet (laughs) so (laughs) So you'd find like a you'd find like a hooky download and just get it illegally research and turns out you can order any book you want for free to the British Library in London and 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 they'll and they'll stock it for you and you can go you can go pick it up oh my god that's genius but then you'd have to okay okay you, it does mean you have to physically be in London but to pick it up in yeah, person with COVID, yeah, fair, yeah but that's really good I didn't know that of course yeah with the library why don't I think of that yeah just ask just ask for another copy. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Like it. Yes. <laughs> You're vibing with that answer, I can tell. Um, Love it. Okay. This is one that I've personally experienced and I absolutely hate it, but I'm wondering what you think. So you're living with a flatmate in a house or whatever, and they're playing music or playing video games 3 a.m. in the morning. It's getting on your nerves. You can't sleep. What are you doing? Well... I'm very lucky in that my flatmate is really lovely, really kind, and wouldn't do that. Um, if it was the case, and it feels like a neighbour or something, I yeah. I'm not also the one to do a noise complaint. To be fair, actually, where we live in London, it's like that all the time. So we have like loads of people, like drunk people, that just walk through the car park in the back, being like, "Hey, Johnny!" <laughs> and like they'll be shouting Johnny for literally twenty minutes. I fall asleep to like this lady every night shouting Johnny, Johnny. So. Well, I mean, if it was Nick Nap, it was, if it was, okay, if I had a new flatmate who was doing that, I'd be like, excuse me, can you call it down, please? Uh, put in some headphones. Put in some headphones. Here, put have my headphones. AirPods. Like, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I mean, if they were having a party, I'd join in. But if it was just by themselves, then I wouldn't. Yeah. But. 
playing like League of Legends at 3am, shouting to their mates. That's what I had to deal with. Oh, God. Right. I don't know how you do that. Earplugs, earplugs. Um, took me like two weeks to realise that that was something that could be done and it would work. But for those two weeks, I was hating them thoroughly. Um, anyway, would you... So there's always that classic trope. There's a few ones here. And, and it was a funny little joke that I saw in Jack Edwards' book that I recently read. Um, and it's like that classic trope of people wanting a better grade and then choosing to try and maybe like flirt with lecturers. Would you do that? No, I think, you know, me and my sister were having this discussion. She was like, yeah, like, of course. And I was like, no, I just couldn't do it. Not my cup of tea. I would, can you hear my dog? She just barked. I think she wants to be let in. Just don't let me want to. Do you want to bring the dog in? <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry. I yeah, I I couldn't do that. I just, no, it's not me. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. I also realize I'm such a boring person, like, I just hate, I know all my friends as well be like, Mayin, do it. Like, that's so obvious. Like, my friends would do it as well. So, no, I can't. No, it's a bit gross to me. It freaks me out a bit. <laughs> a bit, bit gross, yeah. I mean, I would love to speak to someone in this podcast who's done this uh, this next one, just because it's interesting. It's interesting to talk to people who've had different experiences and everyone goes through something in different ways. Um, this next one, right, it's, it's in the realm of, like, OnlyFans and, like, selling like feet pictures and like fetish stuff Ooh, feet okay would you would it you know with like living in london and money must be tight and if money was tight and there was that option would you choose to sell like and make an only fans account and 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 go down that route would you would you do that it's not for me also i absolutely detest feet feet creep me out i hate them i do not <laughs> yeah, want to see. even that i never wear open-toed shoes i think they're disgusting i just can't i just hate it doesn't feet. matter if you hate it i don't get it i know again if someone's willing to pay you for I'm, photos of your feet i, I like I, I know because you can make decent money off it as well but it's just not really me okay. like even my my friend um they have these like sugar daddy websites and things like that that you can try yeah. i am not for that but just hearing the stories of just like 400 quid here 500 quid here just to sit at a bar but also no that's not me it's just a bit it's just a little bit unsafe there's just something about it and i'm a bit like well you when you owe some well you don't owe someone because you've given them a service but i i always just even if i don't owe someone money i just still feel like i just owe them something you know uh, so yeah i don't think it's for me as a person <laughs> I mean, I respect that absolutely. Don't get me wrong, um, but I, I stand by what I said. I'd love to speak to someone who who has been in that. I'll get you like, in contact. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, get me some contact. <laughs> no, that will be like proper dodgy. Yeah, this guy wants to talk to you about the like, fact that you like sell pictures of yourself. He's like, what? <laughs> no, but it's just so fascinating because like everyone's in different scenarios. And I think it would just be really interesting to find out like how you get into that situation and like mm. maybe some of the dark sides of yeah, it definitely. And, and when it goes, when it goes South. from being innocent to, to, to being a bit, a bit sinister. I feel like um, with it, what also annoys me sometimes is that I'm completely up for girls. Like, you know what, throughout history, it is more been like women are objects of, of men and only men, like girls can't make money out of their own body like it's just more now like they have control over it so like things like online porn and things like that it's so there's so many layers to it it's just so unsafe so unrealistic there's so many things and then with OnlyFans there's like loads of upheaval because it's it's 
also so much of taboo about the whole subject as a whole <laughs> but yeah like there's just so many things yeah i know a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions on it but i just feel like this is the first time that i know a lot of girls can benefit from it and so some people are like oh no you shouldn't i don't know i don't know but yeah it's just yeah no you have a you have a valid opinion i mean this is this is a game but like in in a sense it does create that opportunity to have like a serious conversation about something like like that actually does happen at university so yeah um it's it's a fun way to open up this these sorts of conversations no, this no. last one is 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 way more like fun okay. than out there um i'm hopefully going to be speaking to max fosh in the future hopefully who's like the king of meal deals right oh. you're in a rush it's lunchtime. You're running into Aldi or Lidl. What meal deal are you picking up? To be fair, what, if I'm what in like a, cheap meal deal? It's always Tesco for a meal deal because oh, is it always Tesco? All, I mean, Tesco's good. They, Tesco's yeah, right. it's always good because it's three pounds. All the others in London try and like boost the prices to like three fifty or four fifty. It's not a joke. Yeah. Um, so Tesco's, I would go in and I'd either get well, this is the problem because of that this like gluten intolerance, the eczema elbow. <laughs> um, I would go for if they have. Okay, if they didn't have a gluten-free option, and often it's just like a gross salad, I'm not really up for that. I love duck hoisin wraps, chicken Caesar wraps. I would get it with Ooh, the yeah. um, Eat Natural yogurt bars. I've been converted by a friend. They're like, the, it's the yogurt and almond one. So good. Used to get the naked drinks. Then I found out that they weren't one of your five a day. Felt like I'd been cheated on. So I've moved back to the innocent <laughs> smoothies. And I think they're Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much. There we are. Uni hypotheticals. Did, did it work? Did yeah, you enjoy it? Yeah, that was good. That was really good. Thank you. Well, I want to know though, what's your, what's your meal deal? What's my meal deal? Um, I love those, I love those like oat yogurt pots uh, that you just literally like, I know it's like not good for like environment and stuff, but it's recyclable. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, what else do I like? I really like those um, like three chicken, like uh, variety ones where you'll get like three sandwiches and it's three different like types of chicken the big style. One. I like those. Yeah. Because yeah, I like to eat. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. Gets me through the day. When, when I eat, I eat. <laughs> yeah, you got to get through the day. And yeah, like one of those like oat bars or like a yogurt pot thing. Um, and then for drink, um, I haven't had any like uh, lemonade pop for years. It's been pretty much banned. Uh, in my house and it's just basically meant that i never drink it occasionally i do because it's like you know yeah a treat (laughs) a treat yeah but since you know because we used to drink pop like every day um yeah pop yeah we used to drink pop um every day and it and it and then my parents were just like you know what this was like maybe 10 or 15 years ago that it was just we just stopped drinking uh pop uh, lemonade and and, and just drank water and cordial and stuff like that so yeah yeah, um maybe just like water or 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 some sort of like juice drink or something so yeah i'm I'm so excited to get max fosh on to talk about like he he went on to the happy hour podcast with uh jack i don't know his second name but he's like one of my youtubers as well jack mate is his yeah 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 Um, so uh, hopefully, please <laughs> come on, good. Jack. Yeah, I'll be manifesting Jack that for and you. Max. I'll be thinking it. Yeah, visualize it. But no, um, got a last sort of main topic to talk about before we wrap up the uh, the, the the chat the the show, um, and it's it's about you know being uh, a woman in economics and management. I mean, you've got way more to talk to me about this than I than I'm able to sort of intro it for you. But from what I could gather, mm. um, it is a very male or dominated field. Yeah. Uh, you told me to research um, 
the uh, the idea of intersectional feminism, and I did the research. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've I've tried to so you can you can now judge me as like a little academic thing. I'll try and now like explain from what I could gather what it means. So it's the idea that there's a complex culminative effect of different aspects of an individual's like social or political identity mm-hmm. that then combines to form and this is what I found quite interesting it combines to form either like quite a unique form of discrimination yeah. or it can combine to form quite a unique form of privilege yeah. which I found quite which which I found quite interesting because whilst it is trying to highlight that there are way more than just singular identities of people mm-hmm. the reason why they are discriminated it's often more than just one thing one level, whether it's yeah. the color of their skin mm-hmm. or like the gender or their sexual orientation it's usually like a culmination of those things um or how some of those things in terms of how we've seen quite a renaissance in sort of careers and and you know how they've started to have like quotas of the different types of diversity they've got to have Mm -hmm. and how it can almost be a a privilege and like a oddly like an an advantage in some ways small ways it's getting there to to be in these sort of minorities um am i am i anywhere close to to getting it right definitely when it comes to intersection feminism it's more based on the fact that when feminism came in and like basically the term it was more to do with white females being as privileged as white males and then over time it's like realized oh wait but there's another layer to that you can't like it it was basically saying if you're a black female you can't be saying that you're being um like have like there's prejudice against you just because you're female and you're black you can only have one like people like it's just basically the idea that accepting that there were very there are just so many layers to it and yes, definitely in banking. So these things with the quotas, there's so many things going on about like, oh, you're just you're just there for the quota. Like, oh, you don't actually have the skills. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but it's more that especially minorities in finance and banking, when you when you walk into a boardroom of the majority of the FTSE 100 companies, there are so many stats on this. Just white males. There's no, there's no diversity in there. And that's why you, you need change at the top often to then infiltrate the changes at the bottom. And it's just a lot to do with the fact that I'm hoping that it's like a generational thing as well. Like as our younger generations work up, um, people will slowly be advocating for more diversity. And they are already, there are already things like SEO and Bright Network who try to help people from minority ethnic backgrounds get into these higher paid jobs and then hopefully it can just start a cycle and it can just it's just yeah especially there are so many things in banking like especially trading so I, I mentioned before when I talked about the intersectional feminism that once when I worked with a company I was helping them with their um, with their marketing and their YouTube channels and I was looking at their statistics and it was 99.9% male and it just really infuriated me because they didn't, I was like, wow, you really need to work on that. Like you need to change that because if you are trying to teach and um, encourage and inspire the next generation of traders, you don't want them all to be male and from England. Like, you want the diversity. You want females from all different races. You want all sexualities. You just The diversity is just really, really important. But what frustrated me was that they almost were like, no, like it's better that we just keep it with the people who, you know, really want to do it. And it's just like, it's because the minorities don't know that they can do it. They're not told you can do it 
from a young age that they aren't so it's yeah it's quite a a tricky situation and especially in finance as well as a woman there are so many setbacks but what a lot of banks are now doing is things so I've gone to women in leadership events I've done so like consultancy companies like PwC do um, women in finance and you can do like a a scheme to try and help you onboard you onto the graduate program or an internship so more companies are trying to do it because they have seen the statistics that when you have a female in in leadership that it's it, it helps the company because you have more diverse thinking as soon as you can you can tackle problems a lot better because you're not just thinking in one one way you, you need to be more open-minded but it's, it's definitely yeah I, I know I get quite passionate about it and I try to I don't I'm also not the best at explaining how I <laughs> how I feel but it's just um it's there are just so many layers to it and one of the books that i read recently was why i'm no longer talking to white people about race to white people about races yeah Yeah. i've have you been recommended that book many many times across this it's very it's got a very interesting name she explains it later on in the book but they i didn't realize she had a whole she's got a whole chapter on it on intersectional feminism and basically her views like when she went to this feminist group they were like oh you don't actually have like problems like you don't really deserve like the privilege because you're not actually like us so it's just like another layer it's just basically how the yeah it's the kind of thing where you you can't just say oh i'm i'm not racist you've got to be like pro and you've got to be anti-racist like completely you have to elevate the voices of people who aren't getting heard so i understand that as a half i'm half chinese and half english i have some white in me so compared to someone who's fully chinese often they i mean granted my name is mei ying chow the amount of times that people have seen my name like it happens so often and it's really horrible because as soon as they hear me speak the attitude changes towards me completely when i tell them that i'm from brighton or from london and that shouldn't be the case it's so so frustrating because it's just like that's just blatantly racist you can't just think that because of my name i don't understand something and then when you realize oh she must be from the uk she's fine it's so many there's so much to it it's just yeah a whole can of worms with this black lives matter movement that it's like a lot of it's like (laughs) hundreds and thousands of years of like repressed people and like emotions and just things that haven't been able to come out are slowly being yeah spoken about and i mean there have been so many movements through history but it's there's still so so much further that we've got to go but yeah yeah Sorry. One of the most <laughs> I fascinating. Just, I just, like, a whole no, I love story. it. Yeah, I'm. I, I love learning about it and and finding out about these different experiences. One of the one of the most interesting analyses of the situation of like Black Lives Matter and racial equality was the idea that it was like the rest of society has been gradually rising with like people who's been discriminated and like slavery and all that has been left behind, and then with people think in society like especially in the uk that ever since you know laws have been passed to make racism illegal and and you know to start that that it's that it's vanished and it's become like that like you know it's on the same level and it's now moving together but what it's actually been doing is that that's still been way far ahead like you know white people and and all that and it's been like that that they've been trying to catch up to, to to that experience and it's not actually been 
solved and gotten rid of and it's been the case of that all these societies and communities and um ethnic minorities they've in fact just been catching up for like the last 60 years mm. and it's not actually been equal and i think we've seen that a lot and it, and it's still prevalent in universities mm. at the minute and i find it fascinating when you mentioned that you know you feel like you're being regarded as filling a quota or you you know you, you feel like when you tell people your name or you're putting your name forward on applications and they don't know you yeah. they just see the name and they and they and they see what yeah. you've written um but they don't know you until they've until they've spoken to you and then they, your their opinion changes that much <laughs> when when it, it sounds shocking but it's those subtle differences it's this i think in the uk it's a subtle form of discrimination rather than what you see in America, which is much more outward and that strikes off a lot of this, you know, like real outrage. Um, and in the and in the UK, it can be a bit more subtle, like undertone, yeah. um, no, but it's still there. Definitely. And also something else, like I know that you were quite like empowered thinking about mental health. When it comes to like mental health and black, brown, minority ethnic people, it that is also, that's another layer to it because it then links back into all the healthcare systems and how that's kind of slightly crooked. And like, there are just so many, because when it, what racism is, is um, what's explained in the book, that it's prejudice plus power. So it's not just being prejudiced, but it's the fact that you have power to then alter somebody's life, basically, to make changes, to influence other people, to act like you or just, yeah. So yeah, I just feel like, it's really important that um, for mental health wise that people from all backgrounds feel like they can speak up basically and that um, yeah minorities feel like it's their voice shouldn't be you know hushed yeah no I completely agree um, what do you think I mean this is obviously not you're not a you're not a voice for like all you know communities and and that's what not what i'm trying to get at um but what do you think you think you need to see that that needs to change to maybe improve it um definitely in 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 banking or just in the world yeah in what you're trying to go in what you're trying to go and, and to do i think just seeing i know that in lots of companies so i did an internship at Deloitte, and they were saying that over 50 percent now of their partners are female and when i heard that i was like that's brilliant you know um but then then they showed this race video we had a whole a whole it was they showed a five minute video on diversity and um there was not there's not one asian there was not one oriental person in it and they showed all these other and i i, I get the point that they're getting at but it was a very long video they could have put someone in and also half the people on that yeah. call were were like asian so it was just it just felt like they kind of missed the target but they are i know that they work a lot on that especially with female so i was speaking with someone who was saying that even while she was on maternity leave she was actually promoted which is like nice to hear that you're not just going to be you know left aside um but it i would say it definitely starts with the higher you we just need people in power people that have power to basically say look there needs to be a bit of a shift around maybe let's bounce it out a bit and uh let's give some people some opportunities that they've never been given before like that kind of thing yeah i think that's i think that's you you've hit it on the head there <laughs> I, um, I, yeah like you said though i'm not i'm not an expert that was just my my opinion expert, after like no. reading you know, i mean neither am i this is about, <laughs> yeah, yeah just a conversation but um yeah, yeah. but thank you so much for coming on to the episode to chat with me i feel like we've covered 
way more than I planned, which is always good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I realized like we've been chatting for like over two hours. I've just been like, here's a speech about this. And here's a speech about this. I'm pretty sorry. What's your What's your plans for the future? Just really quickly before we wrap up. Uh, so I've got final year. I would like to go into ESG finance, something to do with that. I will most likely be continuing YouTube and stuff, but just on the side. Um, but yeah, just hopefully happy. Just would like to be happy, please. <laughs> that is that is the key one. It's fine. It's being happy and being content. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, again, thank you so much for coming on. I've really thank appreciated you. talking to you, and it's been a fun chat. Um, wherever you're listening to this whether it's spotify youtube you know the highlights will be on youtube um apple podcast all that stuff um i hope you've enjoyed me chatting with mei ying we've had a really good conversation and we'll be back next week with another episode and there'll be plenty more to to talk about then so have a good rest of your week and we'll see you then bye